Hello and welcome to tonight's episode of Myths and Stories, a Destiny 2 lore podcast. Uh, Tonight we are continuing our uh, series on the Drifter, everyone's favorite Gambit vendor. Uh, Last time we talked about his initial uh, resurrection and his feelings towards the fact of being resurrected as well as the his ghost and the light in general um and his time uh trying to ignore the fact that he was arisen and had these light abilities by uh living as normally as he could or amongst normal people as much as he could uh until the unfortunate downfall of of that town at the hands of uh, some iron lords and some warlords uh, at the time. Uh, he then moved on, took a new name, and uh, set up shop at Fellwinter Peak, but still got revenge for that little town in his own way. Uh, yeah. So tonight we're continuing his story, and... What we're going to do is uh, there there was a, a quest that came out during the season of The Drifter. I forget what the actual season was called. I don't think that was it. But, I, th- I um, think it was Season of the Or no, maybe it was Season of the Joker. Uh, no, I think that was Cade. It was like Joker's Wild. Maybe it oh, was yeah, Season of right. the Drifter. Maybe, it's I been a minute it since it yeah. came out. Uh, but during that season that was Drifter and Gambit focused, there was a quest where Drifter... Uh, kind of gave his own summary of some of the events that had happened in his life. And uh, we're going to talk about, or we're going to read off those summaries, and then uh, some of them are going to be summaries of events that happened in our first episode, and they're going to lead us into the events of this episode, and we'll show kind of Drifter's summary, and then we'll really dig into the meat of what the story was through other lore cards. Uh, as you know, for the ones that that have things available. So to start things off, uh, we're gonna read the summary of his of uh, his time in the town of Eaton, and what ultimately came of it. Uh, so all of these little summaries are coming from the quest dialogue, uh, and that quest was named the Survival Guide: The Investigation. So the first of these goes like this. The drifter says, Dark Age was a different time. We had no city. Warlords and iron lords tore up the whole world trying to prove who was better, what was worth fighting for. I was busy trying not to starve. You ever go hungry till you keel over? We did that a lot in the Dark Age. Our ghosts would bring us back still hungry. Really pissed me off. This one time I found a village to hide out in. Bunch of huts, really, but good people. They gave me work, and I kept my light a secret while I performed some minor miracles. Then the Iron Lords rolled into town. My ghosts stayed out of sight, and they were none the wiser. They cut a deal with us, as if we had a choice. Paid us to let them hide out till some warlords showed up, then ambushed them. We all got caught in the crossfire. My neighbor's kid told me something that still bounces around my head to this day. Right before the light went out of her tiny eyes, 
she whispered, I can't feel anything. Yeah, I couldn't either. That's all I got. Cut the tape. So that's the end of that little summary. Oh. So. So it's so. Small. <laughs> Damn it. I've got two hours to get through. I'm not going to be able to. Damn it, man. Start, starting on a little somber now. I know. Yeah. But it, it shows that, like, for all his bravado, Drifter still remembers this. Like, th- that's, this, that's still, crazy. this still meant a lot to him. That that does still blow my mind when I think about it. When I think of like just a guardian, right? Like how long a guardian can live? It it yeah. essentially forever, unless they unless they lose their light or give up their light somehow. Uh, so yeah, like I, I it it's interesting to me to think like how many memories can be forged over hell a thousand years, two thousand years, right. ten thousand years, you know, like that's and to still be able to remember all of it, like I don't know, that's that's just kind of kind of a mind blowing thought there. So it's no secret that Drifter is very distrusting of his ghost. Oh, yeah. Uh and he tells us as such in his next little um summary, his next message as part of this quest. He says this. Hey, kid, it's me, the Drifter. And this is How to Drift, Part 3. Never trust your ghost. He's a tool, a connection to the light. Not a friend, not in any way that counts. You think he's saving your hide, bringing you back? Nah, he's saving his own. I don't care what your guardian dogma says. I don't care what your little buddy has told you. We don't know what ghosts are. They sound friendly, right? But I met some ghosts in the Dark Age who would kill you for a blue engram, then spit on your grave. Also, they could grow their light a little more, make a stronger connection to the Traveler, whatever the hell that means. You're an idiot if you think those ghosts aren't still around. Take mine, for example. Really creeps me out. Cut the tape, ghost. Don't give me that look. You know where we stand. That's the end of that little message. That's that's kind of an interesting thought too, right? Like, we really don't know what the ghost motives are. Like, we we really do just kind of take them for granted. They're just kind of like these little. I mean, yeah, they're they're the whole reason that we are guardians and the whole reason why we have the light. But like, we don't we don't really know why. Yeah. And Drifter is taking the prerogative of, like, if he doesn't have a good reason, he's just going to assume it's bad. Yeah. Or, or self-serving, at the very least. Yeah. No, that's a that's a that's an interesting... I don't know why I've never thought of that before, too. Like, I, lo- I love when we have these little moments where, like, we'll read a lore entry and it's like, well, shit, I guess we've never really thought of that ever like we've it's just happened you know like well like like uh on last episode where we were talking about uh how you know a guardian just wakes up and they just go to the city and that's life like during the risen time that that wasn't a thing obviously all those like like what you said all those pathways and and uh um what would that be the rules weren't established you know all those parameters weren't established and in the in the dark ages and and but now it's very much like the vanguard has a channeled uh set of set of 
instructions to follow kind of like okay guardian is a guardian's been risen let's get him bring him in teach him train him show him what what the light can do like like and and i think that's even i think even that idea is evolving too uh especially like when we when we look at last season season of the haunted and zavala where he was he was very much like he he kept he kept trying to drive that point forward like the traveler is not my god this isn't my religion this isn't my anything when right. even before when we talk about like the vanguard and the and new monarchy and and all the different factions that that existed they were very religious like uh uh factions and now we're starting to see this like evolution of what is the light and and to see that it's 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 a tool it's a it's a something to help the person but at the end of the day we're still trying to do something as a as a whole as as humanity basically and for the drifter to just be i I don't want to say completely uncaring uh because obviously (laughs) he clearly has some feelings right uh but but for him to be very questioning of of the ghost and the light and and maybe not the light definitely definitely questioning of the ghost right because that's yeah that's like the main thing um but yeah that's that's a that's interesting to to think of it that way yeah he he has a little more animosity towards it but i think his view and now zavala's view are not that far off from each other i don't think so i i think you're right i think they're very much aligned it's you know they're seeing it as this is a tool to help humanity drifters yeah. just saying like i don't trust anyone that hands me something for free and you know zavala and our player guardian and whatnot are a little more trusting of our ghosts than that but this is true same same kind of you know thorough line with the the thinking yeah so uh, we're going to pause on the little messages for now. Uh, I'll bring up some more as they become relevant as we read through some other stories. Uh, but we're going to read next uh, a series of exotic armor pieces that describe uh, a heist and a, a job that Drifter did with potentially his first real fire team. Ooh. Uh, and were these, were these pirate heists? Um, I don't they don't call themselves that, but okay. this was definitely this was during the dark ages, so cuz they they're talking about uh warlord territory. So gotcha. same vein, you know? Same yeah. same kind of I was, I was curious if it played into the current season, right? Like is is that where like his whole, you know, enigmatic pirates. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's where that was was leading, but yeah, no, not yeah. not directly, but some of the same vibes. Yeah, cool. So, uh, the first exotic that we are going to start with is the stronghold, which is a uh, exotic um, gauntlet for titans, and it begins the story of this this fire team, and it goes like this. This is how it went. We decide to knock off a little piece of warlord territory. Scary lady calls herself the Wake, owns this spot. I can't take a name like that seriously, but she's got the hoarder instinct like me, so she keeps her villages well-provisioned. Well-provisioned with an amateur security detail. Easy pickings for my crew. So it starts with me, right? I get us in. I set it up, blow open the doors, and then I hand it off to Otto when the cavalry comes. Now Otto's a sword man. 
He's all about craft, technique, precision. It's disgusting. But I don't care how he does it as long as it gets done. So I just let him do it. And Otto does it so beautifully that when he's done, you're standing there holding your guts in your hands and thanking him for the show. I slip into the supply bunker real fast and quiet and Otto covers me. He's waiting for them when they find us and he makes them stop short. Huge guy, Otto. Giant with a sword and the meanest looking gauntlet on his arm you've ever seen. He takes out about ten guys armed with rifles so fast, so smooth, that they don't even see me going for the goods. One minute we're surrounded, and then we're the only suckers left standing. That's the end of that card. And remind me again, Stronghold is the one that allows you to hold guard indefinitely now, right? Uh, I don't know if it's indefinitely, but very, very long. Like, it is meant to be used with swords, yeah. Gotcha, okay, yeah. So it's um, definitely, I mean, it, it lives up to its, its I, I, I'm assuming, its original owner's namesake, or its, its original owner's use. Um, I'm I'm personally a huge fan of swords in Destiny, <laughs> uh, though I'm the one weird guy, right? Like I I love the I love a good caster frame because I feel like that's like a that's like an all arounder sword, right? Uh, I'm I'm not big on the whirlwind frames, like they're just they're they're not as flashy. I, I mean maybe they are, I don't know. Uh, and then is isn't there a third frame? Uh, yeah, I forget what it is, but it's like the uppercut is the, ah, that's right, the R2 that's right, on that's it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the old the old what is it? Raise raise lighter. Yeah, it was originally what raise lighter did. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, obviously you can see how much I I like that. I can't even remember the name of the, <laughs> the sword type. <laughs> but yeah, I I do love a good I love a good sword over a over a over a gun uh, in Destiny. So I'm I I love I love this little story of of like this guy with a sword able to move so fast and smooth and swift that he takes out, you know, a whole, whole stock of guys. And then, you know, he's the only one left standing. So that's, that's a, that's a neat, neat thing. Yeah. It's got a little bit of that, like Titan, you know, knight, uh, old school knight with nothing but a sword and shield kind of power fantasy to it, which is very much. So I dig that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the next, uh, exotic we're going to read from which directly continues the story is called liar's handshake and it is a set of gloves for uh, the hunter and it goes like this while Otto and i finish up inside thalia covers the lookout he's a thin quick shadow this lookout and he watches every angle he listens for every sound he's on his toes ready to throw up the alarm the second he sees one little thing out of place. A guy like that sees everything, but he doesn't see Thalia. She comes out of the shadows like a ghost, but steps into the light, because now she wants to be seen. She waits a second too long for my liking, gives him too much breathing room between the reveal and her first punch. But I shouldn't doubt her. He doesn't, he doesn't even have time to bring his hands up. He's fast, but she's faster. She throws herself into every punch like it's her last, dodges and ducks his blows like a dancer. Scariest of all, she bares her teeth in this nasty smile while she does it. Doesn't make a sound the whole time. So that's the last thing the lookout sees. Her silent, grinning face 
as her cross counter reveals a hidden knife that slides smoothly into the soft flesh under his chin. Never touches a gun, that girl. She likes to get close. Likes to look right in their eyes as the, to be the last thing they see. Thalia lets him drop. Wipes her knife clean on her sleeve and raises her hand for Arin. Go, man, go. And that's the end of that, Lord Karin. Holy cow. So another... <laughs> it's, it's interesting to me that his crew is mainly people that don't use guns. <laughs> uh, so again, uh, remind me what Liar's Handshake does. So Liar's Handshake is um, is a, a hunter exotic that uh, I don't have it in front of me, but as far as I remember, it increases the uh, damage of your next melee. Okay. So you know, this being yeah. very much a um, kind of a... a bruiser type assassin where she's beating him up with her hands to finally like shiv him at the end yeah. uh yeah it, it follows its namesake yeah absolutely that's and it, to me like uh this story's or this this portion of the story the description of of, of thalia right was her name yep uh the description of her is uh it it, it makes me think of like a like a like a lightweight boxer like a like a like like uh yeah uh, you know really swift moving ducking dodging weaving throwing the punches when they need to go and and having a quick one two like a quick follow-up uh punch uh while they're while they're doing their 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 thing so yeah um and also kind of kind of dark right like shove a knife in the fleshy part of her throat like ugh. yeah oh <laughs> I mean, whatever gets the job done, right? But I right. mean, this is whatever, yeah. Just Drifter whatever. never claimed to, you know, crew up with good people. <laughs> that's that's true. Like, <laughs> just ones wrong. that got the job done. Yeah, but they. But I guess that's a, that's another thing to to establish too. These are light bearers. These aren't just yes, like yes. These dudes. are all light bearers. Okay. Okay. Uh, and so we get. A little more information about Aurin, who was mentioned at the the end of the last card. Uh, and this is on the Getaway Artist, which Zora and I are both very familiar with. Uh, it Absolutely is the my favorite. My favorite Warlock. Yeah, it's the Warlock Exotic Gauntlets. Uh, and it goes like this. If Thalia is lightning, Aurin is thunder. You hear him coming. And he likes it that way. He's got a kit-bashed heavy bomber that he pulled out of a trash fire. The engine goes th 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 Just these big, stupid-sounding percussive booms. And it's like all monsters, man. The noise this thing can makes can stop your, coal, your blood cold. So Otto and I load the supplies into the back. And Thalia hops into the passenger seat. The chumps that run out to stop us are babies. That's the kicker with warlords, other than ours. There's not a ghost in sight here. Just civilians who can barely hold their guns without wetting their pants, who can't aim worth a damn, who stick their necks out for a bad guy with eternal life. Real geniuses. Boo-hoo. Guess what? We got hungry, too. We starved, too. So when there was food, we took it. And if the warlords put cannon fodder in our way to slow us down, well, that wasn't my fault. It wasn't our fault. Anyway, Aurin, he stands up in that 
open roof cockpit and whoops and the little devil on his shoulder, a crackling ball of arc energy, spits bullets behind him, mows down the idiots as they run straight into the line of fire like lemmings. And Aaron doesn't need to shoot anything himself. But he does. For fun. When he gets enough target practice and Otto and I are on board, he lets his little blue buddy handle the rest, and he tears out of there like a bat out of hell. See? We were a well-oiled machine. A perfect team. We could have kept on like that for centuries. And that's the end of that card. Yeah. Arxel put in the work. Heavy lifter. <laughs> I, I, do, I do love it. Like... I mean, even even thinking of like uh, uh, raid mechanics and stuff, there's times where like you've got to hold something in your hand or like you can't use mm-hmm. your guns. If you pop Arc Soul right before you do it, you have you have a gun. You have a gun for 20 seconds while you're doing whatever task you need to do in the raid. Like, I can't tell you how many times that saved my ass. Like, it's yeah, it's I love I love Arc Buddy. I I I want Solar Buddy, please. Uh, so yeah. Um, so yeah, so this is just, you know, uh, another, uh, again, another thing that, that plays into the, the original user of it. Um, cause that's what, that's what getaway artist does. You consume your grenade and you create arc buddy, arc soul. Um, so yeah, like it's, uh, as far as like the overarching story, he's right. They could have absolutely done that for thousands of years. If they were that, if they were, if that little what four man crew was as good as they say they as as these exotics say they were, they, I mean, there's no reason they couldn't have kept doing that for centuries. Yeah. So I guess the question comes up: What made them stop? Well, we get to see what came of this crew. Oh uh, no! <laughs> this sounds ominous. Via the legendary auto rifle Breakneck, oh, which man. came out during Season of the Forge. Love that that I I think that was my first gun with like ten thousand kills on it. I I absolutely love that little auto rifle. So Breakneck mentions that Drifter didn't just have a fire team of four; he had a full raid group. There were six people in his. Well, where the hell's the other two? I. Uh, one of them was named uh, Senric, uh, and the other was Jock. Okay. And we see them in this, and we see what happened to the crew. So Breakneck goes like this. You know, said Senric, a thick-necked risen with a bulging vein in his forehead, I've always thought you were a sneak, but after five drinks on your dime... I'm feeling pretty fond of you, Drifter. Everyone laughed. Drifter smiled. Feet kicked up on the bar. The rifle holstered on his back was heavy with promise. You're a real smooth talker, he said. I wonder. You whisper those same sweet nothings to your pal, Lord Reince? The bar fell quiet. The vein in Senric's forehead began to twitch. Listen, no one's rocking the boat here, Jack spoke up. We shout Reince out just like you said. Funny. I seen you in that alley too, and Otto, and Aurin, and Thalia, 
He looked at them each in turn. Guess my eyes were playing tricks on me. Senric pushed his stool back. You have something to say. Say it plain. Well, Sen, my eyes may be shot, but this... And he tapped the side of his nose. This works just fine. And I smell a rat. A whole mess of them, actually. Senric stood up. That vein of his looked about ready to pop. Drifter let his feet down as he reached for his rifle asp quick. And you know what we do with rats, don't you, brother? And that's the end of that card. Yeah, pop, 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 pop. Light them up. Yeah, so, they're, they're, they're all dead. Yeah, Drifter's crew dead by Drifter's own hands for attempting to betray him to uh, a warlord named Reentz. Holy cow. Uh, do we know anything about this warlord? Uh, I did some digging. He does not show up anywhere else in the lore except for an altercation with Lady Yolder of the Iron Lords. Um, but it wasn't tied to Drifter's story in any way. Okay. Uh, essentially, he he was a he was a a warlord who um you know was a dirtbag like they all are uh, <laughs> typical warlord <laughs> right and uh, presumably they you know had it out for Drifter in some way and his crew was going to sell him out so he you know took him out for it yeah did did the did the Drifter thing did the Drifter thing yeah. So, okay. the uh, the drifter at this point goes on another little adventure with a different crew, um, and he talks about this in uh, across a set of armor pieces. Uh. And those armor pieces are the Ancient Apocalypse armor. And this is one of those ones where every class's armor set tells a different story. Like 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 each one is its own little adventure that he went on? Yes. Yeah, each one is, okay. is its own little adventure. Um, and in this case, we're going to start with the Warlock set. Uh, the Warlock set tells... We're only starting with that one because we're warlock mains and yes, exactly. We love warlocks. <laughs> totally not because it it makes the most chronological sense or anything. <laughs> but no, so we're gonna start with the warlock set, uh, the ancient apocalypse uh, warlock set, and this talks about Drifter with another crew, uh, one that he formed well after the. Uh, the the ill-fated one we just discussed and this is this is an interesting little uh, escapade because it all happens outside of earth uh outside of potentially the solar system so we're going to start with the helmet and it goes like this I had a crew once. My best friends, which isn't saying much, trust me. 
They're all dead now. Almost to a man. So what does that mean for all you little guardians out there who are my new best friends? Don't think about that one too hard. Anyway, my crew, or subset of it, we leave the system together. Dawn of the city age at the time. We were looking for something greater than light. Because we had seen that light can be the cause of so much strife. We searched far and wide. Must have been hundreds of years. We found a planet beyond the system, bristling with an energy that repulsed light. Naturally, we were curious. We landed, intended to settle and conduct the research necessary to make this energy portable. A weapon out of legend called Thorn had similar light-repressing capabilities. It seemed promising. But hand to my heart, it was cold. Humans were not meant for that place. Every once in a while, a member of the crew would succumb, died where they stood or sat. Thank the plan for our ghosts. We were in high spirits. We were veterans, grizzled. Hundreds of years in space will do that. So that's part one of this story. Yeah. So this is this is a this is a uh, an icy planet uh, mm-hmm. outside the heliopause, past past the edge of our our solar system. I'm assuming that's what he means when he says they left. It's beyond the system. I can only yep. assume that means you know solar system. Yep. And and a time too. Uh, dawn of the city age. Dawn of the city age. Yep. So city's been established. The, the I, I guess not. So. Trying to think of who the original vanguard were, but uh, the speakers there, Osiris, uh, Saint Fourteen, all the all the all the big names there are in the city, and Drifters out with his this this new crew, mm-hmm. saying still still after the entire Dark <laughs> Age, uh, saying screw the light, <laughs> yep. let's find something something else. Uh, seemingly looking or or interested in a weapon that would directly oppose the light yeah uh and so they find this little ice planet where he and his crew are literally freezing to death and then being resurrected by their ghost and then going on until they freeze to death again he keeps putting he keeps getting in these crazy situations where he just dies of natural (laughs) causes and then is resurrected i don't maybe i don't know maybe he, he feels just as resilient as as uh Aldrin or, or or Crow would like I don't know. Mm-hmm. But so they're on this planet with this weird energy that repulses light. And they're trying to experiment and figure out how to how to take it with them. And we see the continuation of this story on the chess piece, the ancient apocalypse robes. And they go like this. So there we were, on that cold hunk of ice with no name. Just me and my crew. Everything peachy keen. We discovered some kind of alien monolith. A facility left by the inhabitants of that planet long gone by then. But trapped inside was a creature. In a cage of some sort, frozen in ice. An exhibit? Was it some kind of zoo? Still not sure to this day. We should have brought a scientist. All we had were 
well, guys who thought we looked tough in dark colors. During our long stay on that planet, we found many of those monoliths, each with their own captured creature. Anyway, this thing, the creature, looked like it shared common bioenergetics with the hive, but there were no records then or since that I've ever seen of humanity's encounters with them, and the creature had a property the hive did not have. It produced a field that suppressed light, like a darkness zone, but contained to a gooey, vacuous form with no head. The anti-light fields we had detected from orbit that spread across the planet? It was these things. Our ship scanners indicated thousands of them were on this planet with us. We were ecstatic. In hindsight, we all could have done with a few less of them. It's the end of part two of that story. So, you know what this makes me think of, right? Tormentors? Yeah. Well, (laughs) even more than that. Uh, Yeah, the headless portion of it, absolutely tormentors. The encased in ice portion of them, all the exhibits in Val. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and monoliths? I mean, they've got to be like the ziggurats or, or something. From yeah. Europa. Could very this, much this be. Scream, this screams darkness. This whole entry screams darkness. Yeah, I would not be surprised. So uh, he describes these as being somewhat hive-like. And yep. I don't think the, um, the, the tormentors that we have seen don't remind me of the hive in any way. They remind me more of like Rulk. Yeah, they very much look like Rulk. So... I don't know that these, these I don't think are the tormentors that we face uh, in uh, Lightfall. Possibly like a cousin of them or something? It could be. I mean, these could have been pieces of the uh, original invading army that, oh. that came during the first collapse. Maybe tormentors were different then. Or like, okay, so when we, when we see in Val... Like when we get to caretaker, we now know that that is a scorn with with darkness infused in him. Mm-hmm. I mean, could this could could that be what like these exhibits are? Like maybe this is like the evolution process of it, or like this this is the experiment of of what is happening to whatever they whatever the darkness has found on this planet, and just encased them in this and try to infuse them with darkness and be like, okay, let's see what happens. Let's see if they turn into tormentors or something. Yeah, maybe this is tormentor prototypes. Maybe oh this is, gosh. you know, it, we know the Hive were part of the invading forces during the original collapse from yep. the Witch Queen campaign. Uh, maybe some of those Hive were taken by the Witness or by Rulk, who would have been a part of that too. Um, and they started experiments on them to see if they could turn them into, you know, super soldiers like Rulk did with Caretaker. Yep. Uh, and these are the results in, in some way. Um, that's, that's freaky. Yeah. Uh, but no, so definitely gives me not afraid to, they're not, they're not afraid to screw with anything. Oh no, no. Cause if, if it evolves to survive better, then that's sword logic. It's it's just following sword logic. It's following sword. Jesus Christ. Dude, sword logic. Damn. Okay. 
Sword logic is really powerful. I mean, yes. <laughs> like, I mean, That's... like, I mean, I mean, just, just as like a general, okay. So sword logic is very powerful just as like a generalistic thing. Like, you know, in, in this case, having no, no qualms with experimenting on something to see if it survives. And if it survives, your justification is, well, that's sword logic. It, it, it worked. If it dies, your justification is that sword logic. It worked. It wasn't meant to survive. Sword logic is, I don't, maybe powerful. Insane <laughs> might be a better. I mean, it all depends. It depends on how far you take it, you know, like sur- yeah. survival of the fittest, uh, natural selection that, that is at its yeah. heart, the same thing as sword logic. Um, just sword logic is on a more galactic scale and is in some ways, I think less forgiving than nature is, is yeah. interesting, you know, as, as weird as that may sound. Absolutely. No, but, that, Jesus. Yeah. Okay. So Drifter and his crew are stuck on this ice planet or not stuck, I guess, but they're on this ice planet with all of these encased creatures that suppress light in a field around them. Uh, and they think it's great. They're like, that, look at that's... this. This is awesome. <laughs> we found these things. Uh, so the story continues on the ancient apocalypse gloves. And it goes like this. My crew and I quickly learned that the creatures in the monolith facilities were not the only ones on that damn rock. Plenty of them roaming around out in the wild where it was cold, but less cold than the frozen cages that contained the ones in the monoliths. How do we find out? Well, one of us died in our sleep. Not that uncommon, or tragic, actually. Happened a lot. Damn cold out there. Except this time, that fella's ghost couldn't resurrect him. Turns out one of those creatures had just slithered by, and close proximity to it from inside our shelter just silenced the poor bastard's light. It was unfortunate, but it also lit a fire under us. The next morning we realized we had a potential weapon on our hands that could change everything in battles of light versus light. We knew we had to find a way to get these creatures off their icy home, and we needed to find it fast. Despite our breakthrough, tensions were a little high. Some of us thought it was awful convenient the creature wandered by and happened to take out only one of us, and so soon after we realized the value of them. And that's the end of part three of this story. So so the darkness fields that they're producing are they light is is it light suppression or is it just like like what we talked about in light and dark where the darkness is the equal and opposite reaction of light and therefore is canceling it out just by proxy i think it's light negation so canceling it out okay so not not i guess that's that's where i was going with this was it, it is this something that could have been uh, a predecessor to the light suppression stuff that the Cabal used, that the that the Scion uh, Enclave used uh, when when they when they wanted to take out um, Zavala? 
I think it's a different effect. Um, okay. Because when when they used it on Zavala, they used it on his ghost, and it broke the connection between Zavala and the ghost. Right. Um. But I, I don't. I didn't get the the feeling that like. It wasn't like light didn't exist in that area. It was just the connection from light to ghost to guardian was broken. Gotcha. And the the feeling I get reading this, uh, because he described it at, at the bubbles around them earlier as like its own little darkness zone. Yeah. Just like what we see in game when like you enter an area and it's it, it literally says darkness zone. Yeah. And your ghost, like you can't res there. Like if you die, like that's you got to restart. Like your ghost has to do the whole thing of looking at a different universe. Like, hey, turn left instead of right, stupid. And then you come back. Right. And in this instance where this this guardian died, his ghost was fine, but his ghost couldn't resurrect Just flat him. flat out couldn't. Holy cow. So it, it, it's almost like light ceased to exist for the things that were in that bubble. Holy cow. So yeah, so I it, this is darkness then. This is darkness oh, yes. and this is equal and opposite reaction thing. Yeah, holy cow. Okay. And a whole planet of them? A whole planet thousands of them. Jesus. Yeah. And they're not just in case and ice. They're roaming around ready to eat a dude like it's nothing. Mhm. Well, I, I suppose he ate him. I, I don't know nah, if he did knows. or not. Yeah. It, well, dr- Drifter's Drifter's thing is is eating stuff and still hungry. So I just <laughs> kind of assumed that this creature ate the dude. But uh, who knows? Yeah. But the story continues on the ancient apocalypse boots, and it goes like this. I mentioned tension was high among the crew in the last one, right? That's what I thought. Well, it got worse. Another one of us died in the exact same way, even after we took up residence in one of the monoliths. Idiot just froze to death. His ghost too whacked out by the light repression and do anything about it. Died in his sleep. The others were not happy about it. I was not happy about it. We had been looking for a way to contain the creatures. The monoliths seemed to have some kind of freeze tech, if you could call it technology, that we could use, but only if we could replicate it. I'm a pretty savvy mechanic, but we couldn't figure it out. We started to blame each other. Someone must have lured one of those things near our crew quarters. To this day, I still don't know for sure. Why kill just one of us? For what? It was more plausible that the creatures did it knowingly, a punishment for our intrusion. But there was no malice there that we could detect, only biology. At the time, we didn't care. Eventually, one of them drew a gun. I knew it would happen, and I'd prepared a soothing speech to smooth things over just in case. So I told them, holster that smoke wagon, and the next time any of you try it again, I'll kill him without a second thought. Now, I don't speak plainly often, but when I do, even that crew listened. That's the end of that part. I mean, that's, yeah. I, I can definitely see why they're, why they're freaking out on each other. Like, that, that, is, that is odd that it's, it's just doing it one at a time. Like, it, it doesn't... It, 
when you when you think of well i guess it's a little bit of both when you when you think of uh uh things in nature right like something that's happening nat happening naturally uh like you know a, a lioness going on the hunt yeah she only takes down what she needs out of out yeah. of the out of the deal so i can kind of see it like that so i'm curious if this is like a hunting thing like are are these are these creatures actively hunting the light eating you know killing killing the the not not channel the the user of the light so that way the light has nowhere to be channeled to because because we know that ghosts are are connected one to one one ghost one guardian um I I say that and now for some reason I'm remembering like a single ghost that like left his guardian and picked another one or am I crazy? Um I mean there I don't know that there's an instance of a ghost picking another one. There have been instances of ghosts there's been one instance I know for sure of a ghost that transferred from a uh a guardian that died to another light bearer that had lost their ghost. And that, that was the instance of um, Jaron Ward's ghost becoming Shin Malfur's ghost. That's right. That's right. That's, I, I think that's what I'm thinking of, too. Um, so, yeah. So, like, but I guess that's, that's like a super specific instance, yeah. I feel like. Like, I, I, so I think in this, I, I'm curious if the, if the creatures are hunt since, I, I, I wonder if they're feeling the same effects, right? Like, if they're super darkness infused and looking at it from the other side of the equation, they see the light as this suppression thing to them. Like, are they hunting and experimenting? Are they taking out the, are they, you know, pushing this field out towards just enough to, to engulf a single ghost and, a, and, a, and, a, and, or maybe they are engulfing the, the whole crew, but just letting one of them die and then seeing what happens to the light field like then backing away and seeing okay can the ghost do anything about it like if i if i back away from it is that is it literally just a bubble around me the creature or or is or is it something that's once it's once it's out there and and actively happening does it stay out there is it is it constant so i i almost see this as like an experiment from the point of view of the creatures of just you know testing what is happening when these completely strange foreign things that have a similar we'll call it life force or tool the light uh are inhabiting this planet now yeah and and to kind of go along with that a little bit if we're assuming these creatures whatever they were were part of the army of the original collapse part of the witnesses army during the original collapse they never came into contact with guardians they never came into oh, contact shit. with light bearers because light bearers didn't you know come they into existence exist. until after that oh, so shit. if, if these yeah if these things do have a certain level of sentience they may may recognize like oh that's that's a human quote unquote that's something that you know we're supposed to be uh hunting but then they they meet these humans that have you know have the light have this this paracausal energy about them and maybe it is these entities trying to experiment with like how how do we deal with this new threat 
this new version yeah. of an old threat. Because that's because and I don't and I mean the point you made there, like the during the collapse, there were no guardians, there were no risen, there were no warlords, there were no anything, there were no ghosts. Like the no. only thing that had light was the traveler, presumably. I mean, do we have any instance of the traveler using light? I know that sounds odd to say, but like we 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 always think think of the ghost as being like our connection to the light but we also know that like like with mithrax he talks about how the light can be like it's it's pulled from the planet it's pulled from everything around you it's it's like the force you know it mm-hmm. it binds us and penetrates us type thing like it's has the traveler ever used the light we don't have a whole lot of information about the traveler like fighting uh yeah just that it resisted. The only instance that comes to mind for me have, is with the Awoken. We have a lot of it running. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the only instance that comes to mind for me is with the Awoken, where the light wave hit the darkness at the, the oh, yeah. uh, Exodus Green and created the singularity. So right. presumably that light wave came from the Traveler. Oh, and then similarly, like the end of uh, the end of the Red War campaign. Yeah, and the yeah. the light wave pulsed out from the traveler to break the 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 cage. Okay, so the traveler definitely has light abilities or or has access to the light. Okay, in, that's, in some I guess, way, yeah. I guess that's more of what I wanted to establish. There was like, was there has there ever been an instance of the traveler itself using light or or showing off light or whatever? But there absolutely has been, like like what you're saying with the Exodus Green. Uh, and then of course Gaul, and then uh, when it healed itself, I don't know why I didn't think of that. The the oh, live yeah. event in game, it it when it pulled all the pieces back together, it, it did another burst of light then too. So yeah, it's so it seems to be very bursty. That's all it seems to really do. It's not, it's not like wielding an arc staff or something, right? Like <laughs> now there is an image, an arc staff with the traveler just rolling around, flipping around, with the staff twirling everywhere. It's it's just like one of those bouncy balls you see it in like the like the singalong videos, but it's got an arc staff with it, just boing boing boing. Oh my god, that'd be awesome. Anyway, that would be fun. Oh, but yeah, so tensions are running high for the Drifters crew because they're like, why is it only one of us? Why why do we keep dying? You know, dying in our sleep essentially. Uh, is one of you somehow like luring them here to to kill us off for whatever reason? Uh, they're they're starting to go a little crazy, a little stir crazy. Absolutely. And uh, it it just gets worse as time goes on, and we see the conclusion to this in the ancient apocalypse bond, and it goes like this. We were at our wit's end. A year on that planet, and we had been completely unable to capture or tame the creatures that had become our sole objective. They were our bane. Our ship had long been rendered useless by the extreme cold. We had all died hundreds of thousands of times over to that cold. I know you've all been in the Crucible, played Gambit, but this was worse. Much worse. Anyway. Four of us were left. We were raving psychos at this point. Only the four of us in the howling wind and the icy slopes for company. The occasional scurrying, vacuous creature to argue about. 
One day, we had settled in for the night in another monolith. Something swept over the planet. I later learned it swept across the system. Allah, you hear this, felt it. All of you hearing this felt it. You were there at the source. All four of us lost our light. And we knew it. We looked over at the monolith creature in its frozen cage, and it seemed to stare right back. I think I mentioned we were all raving psychos at this point. Well, we did what all measured raving psychos would do. We thought each had been betrayed by the other, and we drew on each other. To this day, I'm not sure how many of those guys drew intended to kill. But I'll tell you this. I was the only one who walked out. The creature in the monolith watched it all. When it was over, I stuck a finger straight up at it. It was just me now. How'd I get from here, from there to here? Maybe I'll tell that story someday. We'll see if my gambit makes it that far. And that's the end of this story. So that's that's got to be when Gaul... In case of traveler. Yep. So holy cow, that's from, like recent, recent. From the beginning of the city age to the D two vanilla campaign, Drifter was either a out exploring the the outer outside the solar system, uh, and it sounded for the last year of that exploration was stuck on this little ice ball with no way out. Holy shit. I mean that's I yeah. I I bunch of bunch of crazy guys that are that now I mean actively no longer have the light like mm-hmm. of course they draw on them. I I am like I do like the ending where it's like yeah, I'll tell you someday maybe we'll see. Which but then <laughs> but then I guess that that brings us to the to the to my next question. What is Gambit? Well, Obviously, it's a play mode, but like, what is the purpose of it? Why are we collecting darkness motes? Why are we depositing them in a bank? Like, why? Why do they? Why do they send? Why is there all this taken that gets that that happens when you when you get enough things? Like, we there, I know there was a scene. Oh God, I'm trying to think when it was, but it was uh, Drifter looking down one of the dredgens, one of the guys with Thorn, and and they're sitting there playing cards and. And oh wow, playing cards! Holy cow! How did I not realize that Jermaine? Oh my god! I just had a connection <laughs> from our last episode. Damn it! He was playing cards when you was talking to him. Yeah. Oh shit! I should have seen it. Anyway, damn it! <laughs> uh, damn! I just lost all train of thought off of that man. Okay, so the the scene where he was uh, where he was playing cards and there was a dredge in there and and uh, and and he says, you know, look behind you and summons a captain. Captain takes him out, you know, knocks him off, and then cap. Then he's like, whoa, hold on, big guy. And all of a sudden that disappears and the emissary appears. And of course he's all pissed off the emissary, but that's another story. Uh, but yeah, so like, what what is Gambit? What is, what is the purpose of us doing Gambit? What are the moats? Why is there a darkness bank? What the hell? Well, a decent amount of that is coming up. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, but I, I mean, it's 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 worth worth asking. Um, as best I can tell, 
uh, Gambit exists to generate dark moats for Drifter. You know, when we're when we're banking them, they're not just disappearing. We're we're right. banking them. We're depositing them. Uh, and Drifter is the one that collects. Yeah. Uh, and presumably those dark moats can do many things. One of them being summoning at least semi controllable taken. That's a that's a crazy thought though. Like yeah, because taken is a power of the darkness. But then when something is taken, all of its will is stripped from it, or at least from what we know of of taken. Right. Or at least what I know, I guess. <laughs> uh, and. In that scene, the same scene you were talking about, Drifter uses a darkness mote to summon that Taken captain. Right. So uh, it, it seems like he can use these motes to do things, to, to affect things of dark. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't um, maybe think about this, but the, the opposite of mote of dark is a mote of light. Yep. And motes of light are what are generated when we use light abilities are are supers primarily used to be an item in d1 and i think it was even in d2 for a while that you Mm -hmm. could literally use it to power yourself up that that's what you could use to gain experience and level up yeah uh so these motes of light currently kind of you know they charge your super they they supercharge beings of light guardians yep and spoiler alert, they're circles and the motes of dark are tetrahedrons. I refuse to call them pyramids. <laughs> but uh, if if motes of light supercharge beings of light, motes of dark oh, shit. either power up or, you know, affect in some way beings of dark. And drifters getting a lot of them. To get back on track with where we were originally with our story. Um, we're going to skip back over to the survival guide uh, investigation dialogues from Drifter uh, because he does uh, eventually get back to uh, back to Earth, back to the solar system. And, you know, he doesn't just sit around. He's, he's busy while he's here. Uh, And so, he tells us this little summary of some of the things he did that garnered some attention that uh, he's not too happy about. If you're going to hang with me, you need to know about the shadows of yore. They follow the edicts of a very bad man named Dredgen Yore. And what are his shadows after? Everything the light can't provide. I thought they could help me find an answer to the battles of light versus light. But the longer I flew with them, the more I saw. They're blind as all those who followed the traveler. Just one albatross for another. I was done with them. And that title I give out, Dredgen, I did it to piss them off. Draw the shadows out where I could see them. Worked like a charm. I love all you little guardians. You're so forthright. So eager to please. That make you angry? Good. Use it. And that's the end of that little message. So that, like, I mean, I, I know the whole 
well, I guess I don't know the whole thing with the dredgens, but the the big thing with the with with the dredgens started off. With, wait, wasn't Drifter a dredgen? Yeah, that, that's what he just said. He was running with right, the, right, the dredgens right, right, of right, yore. Right, 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 right. Dredgens of yore. Yeah, but decided uh, that they they didn't have the answers he was looking for, and so he left. Because that's the whole thing with the with the dredgens, though, is that they used hive. Uh, chitin to cra- graft it onto their guns to make uh, weapons of sorrow. Uh, the most famous being uh, Thorn, uh, and the newest being Osteostriga. And now that we n- know a certain thing with a thing, uh, Touch of Malice. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. No, I, I, they made duplicates of Thorn. Um, but they were not making actual weapons of sorrow. The okay. the only the only dredgen that ever made an actual weapon of sorrow would be Dredgen Yor with the original right. Thorn. The original uh, yeah. The the followers that kind of created this cult after Dredgen Yor's death, um, you know, they, they tried to make their their imitations of it. Uh, right. As any good cult follower would do. Right, you know. Uh, but none of them ever actually achieved, you know, what the thorn was. Uh, okay. and as you'll learn when we someday cover Shin Malfer and Dredgen Yor, uh, not all is what it may seem with the Dredgens in general, but damn it, that's You're for another keep me time. In suspense for that one, damn it. <laughs> But yeah, so Drifter ran with the Dredgen crew for a little while, thinking that, you know, they go after the dark. They're looking for things outside of the light. Maybe I can learn something. And then he decided they just traded the Traveler for this this image in their head of Dredgen Yor. It's just... Oh, sure. It's not helping me. They're just worshiping like, something else. Yeah, just trading one one false god for another false god. Yeah, yeah. no, I... Yeah. But his time with the Dredgens got him on the radar of somebody. And we get to see that somebody's impressions of Drifter in the lore book A Drifter's Gambit. Uh, Specifically, this is the chapter titled Justified Means. And it goes like this. The Drifter wasn't always my target. In fact, he only came to my attention when he started running with what I would call prey. Before that, he'd existed only as a rumor. The strange light bearer who journeyed beyond the system's edge. The lone wanderer who is only a guardian by reductive modern definitions. He had a ghost. He was touched by the light. His motivations, though, were his own. Some might say selfish, and I'd have to agree. In regard to the concepts of duty and devotion and using one's gift for the betterment of humanity? Not his play. City be damned, traveler be damned, the light be damned. Which makes his run to the tower and his newfound benevolence all the more curious. I lost track of him when the traveler fell silent. Could be that severed connection drew him back. If so, I doubt it's something he'd admit. 
Yet here he is, unwelcome, but with a gift for persuasion. I can't say it doesn't make me uneasy. There was, so we're clear, a time that I'd call him a threat. There was a time I'd look to end him as punishment for the paths he'd tread. But things aren't quite so simple these days. Gaul taught us that. And while I still plan to punish those who have transgressed, I can also see the value in certain... risks. This gambit, the drifter's strange little game, may just be one such. It requires care and a keen eye to ensure the means don't consume the ends, but I got a feeling our new friend might be a necessary catalyst. And if not, he sure makes for a fine cut of bait. From A Renegade's Observations of a Drifter. And that's the end of that card. So... As much as I don't want to tangent, we have to tangent just a little bit, because we kind of we kind of have to. I don't want to say explain in depth, but like the whole dredgen thing and 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 the weapons of sorrow. What was the purpose of dredgen yore? Well, okay, so. Or I guess I guess, I guess purpose is is yeah. probably the wrong word. Like I. Why did Dredgen Yor? Because because here's 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 my whole understanding of of the whole Dredgen thing. Uh, Dredgen Yor saw people doing going down a path that wasn't um, in line with what he thought the light was for the city, and so he took it upon himself to end those light bearers using Thorn Weapon of Sorrow. Hopefully, hopefully, I'm at least sort of accurate there. Um, I don't know. is is the honest answer. I okay. it has been a while since I've really dug into the Razilazir and Dredgen Yor stuff. Yep. Um, my understanding was that uh, Razilazir, which was his original name as a guardian, uh, he was a shining beacon of hope he was seen as a hero amongst the guardians of his time uh but he doubted his own abilities he he had this this seed in him of like i essentially an incredible imposter syndrome of like i i'm not this hero i i am not as good as these people are saying i am like 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 one of those like I'm just a dude type things. Yeah. Uh and and he, you know, had this this self-doubt that then led him to being manipulated by the hive uh via like via hive whispers essentially. Uh right. That, you know, eventually corrupted him into becoming I, uh, you know, I'm that that I'm not a hero turned into well then I must be the villain, uh, sure, sure kind of mentality. Yeah, yeah. And now there's there's again the, this subject needs a series in and of its own, not just to tell the story but to properly discuss some of the motivations because your had what he showed everyone was his you know 
his prerogative seemed to just be wanton murder. And then we have what, uh, later down the line, Shin, who was yours, like, you know, uh, his, his big enemy, essentially, uh, Shin kind of thinks that your may have been doing what he was doing for different reasons. Um, Oh, okay. And, but again, that that's a huge discussion to have. Right, right, and that's that's where like I didn't want to completely tangent off and be like, hey, guess what? We're no longer covering Drifter. Now we're doing dredging shit. <laughs> right. So, uh, needless to say, your you know died at the hands of Shin Malfer, died the the man with the golden gun, and uh, in in his death, the legend of him. You know, as the years went on, as as tends to happen with historical figures, even in in our you know our times, the legends of the man became more uh, well known than the realities of him, and he started to gain followers. Like there were people that started to idealize yours way of thinking of. Like, yeah, we don't need the light to to be powerful. And, you know, they, they started assigning their own definitions of what yours uh, mission was and then gotcha. kind of propped him up as like this this figurehead. And because he was dead, like he he couldn't, you know, dispute what they were saying. Uh, so it just this cult grew around him. OK. And that that is the dredgens as uh, as okay. they're described in in these. Uh, these lore cards and Shin is still around. Uh, and Shin has taken it upon himself to make sure that nobody else ever goes down the path that Dredge and Yor did. Gotcha. Okay. So, so then, um, uh, the Renegade is is Shin or Dredgen? The Renegade is Shin. Okay. Okay. So, so I guess that's that's where my question comes back to why would shin want to hunt down drifter uh, other than you know now he's no longer following the 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 teachings of dredge and yor like is that is that literally his whole thought process is like hey you you betrayed us i'm hunting you down uh i mean kind of like that that shin okay. shin has up until a certain point in the the stories been a very black or white character like you are okay. either for the light or you are against the light and there is nothing in between there's no, there's no uh, in between okay and so for drifter not only being a dredgen for a period of time but even still after leaving the dredgens being a very like fuck the city fuck the traveler fuck the light i'm in it for me by any <laughs> means necessary he does do uh, that a lot. He does like flipping things off, and yeah. I respect him for that. It uh, that doesn't vibe with Shin's ideas of how the light should be used for the betterment of everybody. Sure, um, absolutely. But he recognizes that the Drifter is is a unique individual, and although he's ready to take him out if he has to, he kind of wants to see where this goes with yep. Drifter. Okay. Okay. Well. Where does that lead us then? That that was talking about um, the initial like contact or or the initial observations of Shin on Drifter, um, but Drifter knows about Shin uh, and goes on again. If we're we're hopping over to the survival guide, 
uh, goes on to talk about his impressions of Shin Malfer. And he says this. Now you can't be in the drifters, a drifter's partner and not know about Shin Malfer. The man with the golden gun is still out there. He's a hero, the stuff of legend. Naturally, he's after my ghost. He wouldn't be the first, but everyone and their grandma has a malfeasance hand cannon by now. I think we're okay if Mr. Malfer ever shows his face. He follows the light like a zealot, and he ends all those who'd consort with the dark because of the one man who went rogue. It's not his golden gun you should be afraid of, kid. It's his idea that one man can decide he makes the rules, and when you cross him, he can take everything from you. That just doesn't sit right with me, and it never will. And that's the end of that message. I mean, that's he's describing him exactly like you said. He's he's a very black and white guy. Like it, it either is or it isn't. And if you fall on the opposite end of the of his of the spectrum for for his ideals that day, he's gonna end you. Full stop. Mm-hmm. Holy cow! But he, but I guess that's the other thing too that I wanted to ask. Uh, Shin Malfer is alive. Yes, Shin Malfer. As far as we know, Shin Malfer is still alive in game right now. And he he is the man with the golden gun. Yep, he goes by the man with the golden gun. He goes by the okay. renegade. He has a couple different titles, but he's, yeah, he's not he's not the doctor, not Doctor Who, um, uh, James Bond villain, right? He's not. <laughs> no, that man with the golden gun. Okay, gotcha. This is more like gunslinger golden gun, like pa 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 pa. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by all accounts. He may have been the first person, the first guardian to ever use the golden gun. Okay. So, uh, and actually, in uh, it's not any longer, but um, there was some some theorizing that the picture of the hunter uh, in the original solar golden gun um, uh, stat block, you know, when when you were just choosing the diamonds. Uh, that picture in the background of of the concept art of the hunter uh, was a a concept art of Shin Malfer. Yeah, that's that's what I always thought it was. Is is that not the case then? Well, because Solar doesn't have those background arts anymore. Oh, that's right. You just have... So the the concept art could still have been that, but we can't see it anymore because now we... We just see ourselves, yeah, holding our hands out like <laughs> I've got the light or I've got the dark. Yeah, okay. So Shin and Drifter cross paths. Yeah, and uh, like physically, they cross. They cross paths. They meet each other, and uh, we can see uh, some information that Drifter gives that. Uh, might be true. Might not be. You never know with him. Uh, but, uh, but we see this interaction in the, um, Drifter's Gambit lore book, the chapter Artifacts and Old Friends. And this one goes like this. By chance, he and I crossed paths in a neutral setting. Didn't give me his name, just called himself a drifter. Told him if that's how it was, he could call me pal. He laughed at that. Got comfortable. Got all kinds of open about where he'd been, what he was hauling. Even dropped a tip on where an old friend of mine was hiding. I still wonder if he knows who I really am. 
He told me he left the system as soon as he was risen. Not immediately sure, had to get his bearings, find a ship, get it fit, get it flying, but as soon as, he was good as gone. Drawn to the outer, he says. I can appreciate that. He says he's seen the deep side of Jupiter, been to the core mines of Saturn, name drops old myths no one's heard, the luvial crux, the shift chasms below Ilios, the fourth tomb of Nezerak, goes on about the idols of the lower soul, the treasures of Exodus Prime, the solar engine of Dead Star Six. I think he's making most of it up. But he's got relics and etchings. He's got materials not of this system. Odd materials. Obsidian flames, thought engines, edible null cakes, and a stuffed something that looks like a rabbit biofused with a cephalopod. He keeps all this stuff to himself. His gets, he calls it. If they're for show, they put on a great one. But to what end? The clutter of oddities he's got shipside ain't nothing compared to what he's hauling. That big black mass of nothing you ain't ever seen before. He calls it an artifact. But it's more than that. Just don't know what exactly. He said he got far out as he's ever been. Said it was from a place cold enough to snuff out your light. I asked him, was it Vex? Hive? Cagey is all. He said no. It was just other. And it was powerful. Maybe. That was his qualifier. Maybe. Why the hell bring it to the inner system, then? Maybes are trouble. But he's got an answer for everything. He says, Brother, maybes are where the real treasures hide. He could tell I wasn't satisfied. But I knew he wasn't lying, either. The chunk was other, for sure. And Ghost said its readings were off the charts, but abstract. Unlike anything anyone had encountered. Can't say that made me comfortable. Then the drifter, with his easy manner and eager charm, asked if I'd ever met a man in black named Callum. He was clearly changing the subject, but he was lucky enough, or smart enough, to pick one I had interest in. And I can respect that. This is the end of those notes of a renegade about the drifter. Holy cow! Well, I so this I'm I'm being drawn back to that same scene that I was talking about with the 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 dredgen and the captain and the moat and the emissary. At the end of that scene, I swear he asked the emissary for something, and she says, "We already gave it to you. You're hauling it." Is is the thing that he and and we we see it like super up close, like if you start the prophecy dungeon, like when you jump through, you start it on his ship on on the main part of his ship, and you jump through that like whoop that transmet uh uh ring, and you get launched directly towards this thing, but then you know it, a light flashes and now you're somewhere you're the realm of the nine. What is that thing that he is hauling? That is a very good question, and one that I don't know if we actually have the answer for. I mean, I I feel like it's got to be something tied to the nine. I, I think so too. Um, if I recall correctly, the the nine are the ones that gave it to him, right? Um, 
because I'm fairly certain that it was either that cutscene or a different one during the same season where he didn't have it behind his ship. And then he had a meeting with the emissary and then it, I think it literally like appeared behind it his appears. Ship. Yeah. I think that that's that same scene. Yep. That's at the end of that scene. And she's like, here you go. And it's there. And he's like, what the hell is this? And she's gone. Like, I think even he doesn't fully know what it is. But it's definitely some connection to the nine somehow. Yes. But I, I'm also curious as to like, it, like what? Because I don't think it's like a I don't think it's like a light suppression thing or a darkness suppression thing or 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 anything to do with either one of those. I I just it just kind of blows my mind that nobody, even the drifter, doesn't seem to know what the hell this thing is. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um... Yeah, I'm I'm not sure what it what it would be uh that the nine would have given him, but whatever it is, it's powerful. Yeah. Maybe, according to Drifter. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so okay, so so everything from that lore entry is uh is Shin was Shin was talking to the Drifter. Yeah, that that was well that was Shin recounting a um, his kind of chance meeting with the drifter. Gotcha. And the drifter does mention like a bunch of phantasmal things. Like I know the one thing that you and I have always picked out of there was the fourth tomb of Nezrak, presumably being Nezrak of Nezrak Sin and yeah. Nezrak's what's the what's the glaive? Uh, Nezrak's whisper, I think. Whisper. Yep. Uh, so yeah. So presumably, the t- the fourth tomb of of a possible disciple of the witness. Um, so yeah, like it, 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 all the things he mentions there is like, who knows what's real and what's not. But then like the fact that he has some of this stuff, I, I'm sorry. He mentions a stuffed thing that looks like a <laughs> rabbit crossed with a cephalopod. I want a cephalopod. Is that crab or is that squid? Uh, I think it's, uh, I gotta look it up now. <laughs> Google's gonna this one. Uh, I want to say squid. Um, I think it's squid, which is even funnier because now I'm just thinking of like a squid with yes. bunny ears. Yes, octopus so or squid. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So I I want a stuffed bunny. A stuffed. Would it have the head of a bunny and the legs of a squid, or like the body of a squid with bunny ears and a fluffy tail? Yeah, that'd be as awesome. Good as mine. <laughs> I I want this stuffed thing though. Um, the fact that it's stuffed, that means that it's like, like somebody's taking the time to find something out in the wild that looks like this and then imitate it as like a prize at like a carnival. And then Drifter has won it, presumably, and now just has it. Like what, where, where would you even go to get that? Anyway. Uh, so yeah, so there's all these things. And then Callum, the mention of Callum, like that really Mm -hmm. drew the, drew Shin's attention. Who is Callum? So Callum was another dredgen, um, but was, he was another dredgen, but I was there for a different reason than some of the other dredgens. Um, he was kind of a sleeper agent, uh, maybe a double agent, I guess is a better term. Um, he was a dredgen who was a part of the organization to find other real dredgens. Uh, and he was working with Shin, um, in that capacity to, to essentially 
say, okay, these are the people that are actually trying to like create weapons of sorrow and use darkness and things. Uh, and then Shin shit. would take care of it. Yeah, find them and end them. Holy so, shit. Drifter name dropping kind of his accomplice. Uh, oh, yeah, that's kind of a giant. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, I'm following now. I pick, I'm like, picking up oh, what you're putting down. <laughs> you know more than you're letting on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. And for some, the, the name Callum seems familiar to me too, because. And this, and I may be jumping ahead in the story, and I apologize if I am. Uh, during the Malfeasance quest, I swear that's where you go to is Callum's Last Stand, and there's literally like an an outline of just an explosion of of dust and an out like a body cut out, almost like if almost like if the Roadrunner had or, or you know Wiley e. Coyote had busted through a wall and it left a perfect cutout shape of him in the wall with like just ashes blown out and then a, a crumpled up ghost like a dead ghost at the at the mm-hmm. floor of them am i remembering that correctly is that was that like callum's last stand or something like that yes it was yeah. okay but am i jumping ahead um well we're not gonna discuss we're gonna discuss malfeasance but again that's all more the dredgen storyline um okay. so i wasn't planning on discussing callum in any length that's fine i was, I was just curious as the whole connection with callum and making sure that i was remembering correctly yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. That is uh Callum's last last stand as is, is finding that location is part of the the Malfeasance quest line uh, or the original quest line. I don't know if it's still the same anymore. I don't know. I don't know that it is or if it isn't. I don't know that you can still do that quest. Yeah. Um so he knows. Yeah, Drifter right. knows Shin Malfer has him on his radar. Yep. The fact that he named, you know, seemingly met him at random and then name dropped his like super secret accomplice yep. is kind of like, yeah, I know what's going big old, on. Big old red flag. Yeah, yeah, don't bullshit me. Well, and 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 that's that's important to know too. This whole interaction between the two of them happens while uh, Drifter is a dredgen, is running with the dredgens. Uh, unclear. Okay. Um. It, it, we don't have a good time frame for if this happens while he's running with the dredgens or afterwards. Okay. Um, I, I kind of get the feeling this is after that time period. Okay. But yeah, not, not hundred percent certain. Um, and if, if we think back to the little summary that drifter gave us in the, in the survival guide, uh, dialogue, he talks about like everyone and their grandma has a malfeasance hand cannon now. So I think I'm okay if Mr. Malfer ever shows his face, meaning if Shin ever comes for me, he, you know, malfeasance is his response to the golden gun. Yeah. Well, cause that's the whole thing with malfeasance is, is the more you have of it, the more powerful it becomes yes. because it's, 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 I love malfeasance. I it's, it's gotta be my favorite. It is the smoothest hand cannon in the game. Anyway, but this thing, uh, it fires the slugs that burrow in to the target. Uh, and then on the fifth slug, they all combine and explode. But the slugs don't have to come from the same gun. You can have five slugs from five different guns, and they all combine and explode. So that, I think that's the, that's the main reason why he's given the, yep. you know, everybody in the grandmother has one. So we've got an answer for this. 
Yeah, and he actually says as much uh, in the Malfeasance quest. Um, when you are finishing that quest and you, you have crafted the gun, Drifter says this dialogue. He says, I finally have an answer to the man with the golden gun, and it's something you and me built together. What do we say we call it malfeasance? Sure, I've shot bigger guns, but this thing is a weaponized heat death, pure atrophy, and it's my key to freedom from him. Fact is, you don't outdraw the gunslinger. No one can. But my entire crew, armed with this, we don't have to outdraw him. We just have to get our shots in, and he dies too. So that is okay. exactly yeah. what Drifter's plan was. Yeah. Get as many malfeasance out there in the wild as possible, and if he shows up, we all draw. Yep. You know? Sweet. Okay. And, uh, you know, if if we go down, chances he's are we got, we got enough shots in him. He's coming with us. I'm telling you right now, and I've tried this in PvP, five body shots with that thing is a guaranteed kill. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, that is kind of the the end of, of Drifter and Shin's uh, tenuous you know, relationship there. Man, Drifter has had his finger in everything. He really has. He really has. He's had his finger in with the Warlords, the Iron Lords, the City Age, the Beyond, the Heliopause, Shin and, and Dredgen. Like, he it, lived a long nine, time. He has had his finger in everything. So I, uh, I missed a little bit of lore um, oh, for, no. his time, oh, no. for his time outside on this ice planet. There's a final entry. That I didn't, I didn't catch because it's not on the Ancient Apocalypse set. It's on the Reaper Bond. Ooh. Uh, so I'm going to read this now. And this explains a little bit about how he got off that Forsaken Rock. Ooh, okay. It goes like this. Okay, it's been a while since I sat down and did one of these recordings, so uh, where was I? Ah, my crew and I had been stuck in a prison of our own making, dying over and over from the cold on a frozen rock out in the deep black, hounded every day by the indigenous life that could erase our light just by being near us, life that we were hoping to capture to help us end battles of light versus light. But they were killing us one by one, robbing us of the traveler's gift in sub-zero temps. We each thought the others were to blame, somehow luring the creatures to camp during the night to claim victims. Could have just been bad luck. The place was riddled with the things. Even now, I couldn't tell you. It was dark, it was cold, for days, weeks, months. Just as tensions between our group reached critical mass, on the other side of the system, Gaul and the Red Legion took out the Traveler. Even out in space, it cost us our light. But we didn't know that. We all felt it, blamed each other without saying a word. I could see it in their eyes. If I didn't draw, they would. So old Drifter was the only one who walked out. Final deaths, all of them. To this day, I don't know whether that planet with its numerous monoliths was meant to contain those beasts or breed them. 
Some of those morphs were caged, but some walked as free as we did. So, how did I get from there to here? We had no ship. We had no way to contain those anti-light creatures that had been the whole point of the trip in the first place. And the craziest thing happened. My ghost snapped. What do I mean by that? Let me step back. I think all this time, my ghost was hoping I would fall in line. That I just needed time to take up the mantle of the traveler. My rebirth right. But that had never happened. It took hundreds of years, but my ghost finally flipped. How? Well, our escape was all its idea. If we can modify its light to replicate the energy effect of the monolith cages, it might be able to contain the creatures in the same way. But we would need parts. Ghost parts. And we knew where we could get some. The ghosts of my former crew all fled as soon as their charges hit the dirt. So me and mine, we hunted them. And then it came time to perform the modifications. Are you sure about this? I had asked it. There were lasers all around us, scrounged from my crew's wrecked ship. Just make sure it works, it said. So I began, sparks flying round me as I cut into its little armor. If I died to the cold before I finished, all would be lost. It spoke over the din of the work. Hey, there's always hope. For what it's worth, I'm proud of you. That was the last thing my ghost ever said, and the last lie it ever told. The next morning, it was forever changed, but it had a brand new shell of armor, reinforced by the guts of five other ghosts, and its eye was bright red. It could no longer speak. The blue setting was still there, accessible whenever we needed it. But the red setting would save our lives. It was kit-bashed and jury-rigged, but it could replicate the energy of the cages. We froze every creature we came across, brought all of them on board a new ship, cobbled together now that we were free to explore the ice trap of a planet. It was a trash fire of parts I lovingly dubbed the Derelict, a ship that I added to as I journeyed back towards home. Ghosts could now tap into spectrums of light no one on Earth had ever seen. Spectrums beyond the light. Don't get me wrong, I'm no herald of the dark. This was a kitbash job, after all. But it was a renaissance for us. Gambit banks, motes of dark, the derelict, they were all innovated out of that red light setting. And that's when I suppose y'all met me. I think it's time to get back to Gambit. You should, too. And that's the end of that card. Holy shit. A lot of implications here. There's a lot, a lot of stuff here. (laughs) He cut... What the hell? He cut up the other ghosts and fashioned it into a ghost shell for his ghost, which then, like what, like, overloaded his ghost to be able to now tap into spectrums of beyond, like, the light spectrum? Well, I don't think it was just... I don't think he he 
necessarily made changes to the ghost shell or not just the shell. I think he literally opened up the the guts of the little ball oh my God. and made changes to it. Oh my God. Cause the shell is just cosmetic. Cause our ghost right. can swap shells, you know, no problem. Um, but the, the orb at the center is always the same. Right. So he had to make changes to the orb oh to get this, this new ability to see in this new spectrum that they could manipulate. I mean, I guess that's the question is what is, what does that do for the drifter as a, as a guardian, as a person, as a light bearer? I think it gave drifter the ability to tap into at least a frequency of dark. I mean, Holy he, shit. he says that's what the bank, the derelict and right. uh, dark moats all were innovated from this red light setting. Can he willy nilly summon taken? Is that him summoning taken? Like that's not him. Like just like, hey, I'm gonna hit a moat and and you know double tap on an on an edge, and that's what causes a captain to appear. Can he actively summon Taken? I think it costs him a mode of dark to do it, and I don't think he can create them. But I think he's captured enough in some, you know, maybe like a pocket dimension somewhere, maybe a little piece I mean, of they ascendant come from plane. a black hole. Yeah. Holy and shit. He uses the energy of that dark mode, and I, I think it's absolutely him that is summoning them. Well, shit. But why? Like, why would you... I mean, I, I guess that's the big question with the Drifter, is why? Like, other than, like, screw the, screw the Traveler... Well, not necessarily screw. No, screw the traveler. He's flipped him off. Yep. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I yep. I think a lot of it comes down to self preservation. He doesn't want to rely on anything. On like one thing. Yeah, he he wants backup plans for his backup plans, and yep. he has seen the light do terrible destruction. Oh yeah, and oh he, my god, yes. He is kind of in his own way searching for a power source that isn't the light because he sees the light as being a, a nuke essentially yeah yeah dude i'm i'm speechless in this i this is just this is genuinely blown like he is literally he he's got to be the only guy to have seen the inside of a ghost probably yeah i mean perhaps spider with his collection sure Um, sure maybe he's gotten curious and opened one up but uh but yeah like and and at his own ghost's behest to hunt down his fellow ghosts to use them for parts to make this change. What does that say about ghosts? Like, that they can just, like, willy-nilly be like, yeah, screw it, we're going to hunt these things down and, and use them. Like, what, what, I guess the question is, like, where did the ghost get the idea for this? Like, how did the ghost know that like taking parts off another ghost and modifying itself. And, and again, like you were saying, not the shell, but the actual orb at the center, the actual ghost modifying itself would allow this to happen. How did he, how does the ghost not know? Or how does, how does the ghost know that it's not going to just completely destroy him? I think it was a gamble. I, I, I think I, you're right. I think the ghost went, Okay, I know there's an energy frequency being used to keep those 
things in their frozen prisons. I know I can produce energy frequencies, but I can't produce that one. So maybe if I had more of the parts that allow me to produce an energy frequency, I could reach into new frequencies, including that one. And I, I have to assume it just guessed. It just yeah. went, well, we can either die here eventually or... <laughs> try it or die. <laughs> yeah, or we can try this crazy plan that is going to forever cripple me in some ways. Right, because he says that's the last time he speaks. Like, he yeah. can't speak to him anymore. And I guess we... I was going to ask, have we, in, have we ever seen Drifter's Ghost? I don't know if we have. I don't know if we if we've ever seen him. I can't think of an instance we've ever seen him. If we did, it was in like you know over his shoulder in a in a cutscene briefly kind of thing. Like he was never he's never been a a feature of you know anything in game. I'd have to I'd have to go back and look. The only time that I think that it might have appeared was when they were on your that 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 original scene with Europa when the when the um, oh I can't even think of the fish's name now. Anyway, Elsie's Elsie's little fish, the poo 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 puka. Puka. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I've wanted a fish so badly, I've forgotten what it's called. Uh, <laughs> in that scene where we first saw the little puka, there might have been his ghost might have been in that scene, but I I honestly can't think of a single scene that we've ever seen his ghost. Yeah, I don't know if we have. Um I yeah. I, I for the longest time thought that he ate him. That he ate his ghost, but that's <laughs> that's from Callus's mind. Yes, that's a totally different thing, though appropriate. Yeah, totally they're totally different. like not outside the realm of possibility when it comes to Drifter. But uh, <laughs> that's yeah, so I'm getting. I'm I'm still hungry. <laughs> like, you gonna eat that? Yeah, yeah. That's that's Drifter. So. Holy cow, though. I mean, well, at least, I mean, we know how he got back. That just, yep. but Jesus. So presumably at this point in time, uh, in our readings, uh, you know, Gambit is up and running in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. You know, Drifter has come to the city. He's gotten Guardians interested in Gambit. They're going out and collecting dark motes for him and banking them, you know, giving him the stockpile of dark motes. Uh, and the Vanguard are allowing it. Like, they know about him. At, at first, he's kind of hidden away, but even then, uh, I believe it's like Ikora is like, yeah, we know he's there. Uh, yeah. You're not like, going to just run ops out of the tower right. without the Vanguard being like, hey, what you doing up here? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And they're wary about it uh, for a lot of reasons. You know, Drifter doesn't seem like a... a very trustworthy person and he certainly doesn't seem to be a herald of the light by any means uh so they're kind of observing and and allowing him for the time being kind of to see uh, in a similar way that shin is is using gambit using gambit to see like who are the real bad eggs in the guardian ranks? Like who's really drawn to this dark game? Uh, and almost, almost using it as like bait, like the way that Callum yeah. and Shin were. Okay. Yep. Okay. Very similarly. Uh, 
man, everybody's got a secret motive for everything. What the hell? <laughs> bunch of bunch of untrustworthy zombies is what we got. And so they they assign a warlock of the Praxic Order by the name of Anor uh, to kind Wait of be the overseer of Drifter. Wasn't what was what was the name of the warlock in the exotics? Uh, in which exotics? The getaway artist? In, in, yeah. Uh different different warlock. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, you said Anor and I was like, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> um no, I, I don't have the getaway artist up in front of me anymore. But it, it was it's a different warlock. Okay. Uh, okay. Just making sure it was like it's not like this like full circle betrayal like <laughs> Hey, quite. I know you ran with this guy, but now you're part of the practice quarter, so now we're gonna have you spy on him. <laughs> yeah, not quite. Um but no, so uh, Drifter has a few things to say about this uh, arrangement. Um, and this is, again, in the survival guide. He gives us these two pieces of dialogue, and they go like this. Mighty kind of the vanguard to let me sleep in the annex. Doesn't get cold down there. Much. Do I trust them for it? Hell no. They're getting people killed just like the Iron Lords. Yes, people, like you and me. Just because we got the light doesn't mean we ever stop being that. Don't you let them tell you otherwise. And that mission statement of theirs, protecting the city? (laughs) Humanity's done, kid. You can't save them. Even if you could wrap a ward of dawn around this whole town, they'd start dying all on their own. Every single one you save just becomes a memory. I don't need any more of those. You'll get there. You'll see. I thought the city had made you all soft, but there's this hardliner, a warlock named Anor. Pretty sure she's trying to kill me. She crashed a handoff between me and the shadows of yore in Midtown. My, uh, buddies took a hostage, and she took out a city block, getting them back. Some people didn't make it out. How's that for hypocrisy? She jumped the shark on that one, I would have talked him down. No one had to get hurt. I hope the Vanguard are happy. I heard word from hunter dens across the city. This Anor has been building a crew to look into me in the shadows. Bunch of clowns. One of them is this Guardian, hero of the Red War, just like you. One of Cade's friends, just like you. A Gambit regular. Except they're a snitch. Have been all this time. I don't mind. As long as they keep bringing moats, we're square. You watch your back out there, partner. Your friends might not be what they seem. That's the end of those two messages. He's actively calling out the people that are that were on the other side of that. Oh yes, quest. Like, because <laughs> like if you chose the vanguard, I I don't think he does it anymore. I, I can't. No, he doesn't anymore. I didn't think so. But if you had chosen the vanguard, like. When you did, when you went and ran Gambit, he'd he'd call you a snitch. Like he'd he'd be like, "I don't care, snitch. Like just bring me those moats, and I will, you know, like that's." But that's like always his thing is just you know, just get me moats, just get me moats, just get me moats. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like he's actively calling out because he, I mean, he said you know another champion of the Red War, just like you. But yeah, oh my gosh. Okay. So for those that aren't aware. Um, what we're referring to is there was a quest line 
where um, you could side with either the Drifter and his endeavors or with the Warlock Enor in investigating the Drifter. And really, at the end of the day, there wasn't much difference between the two, um, except you got some different lore books, uh, depending on yeah. which side you went with. And you got uh, slightly different missions with some different dialogues. You got you got a fake Galahorn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. But the the whole thought was, you know, on one side you were you were pairing with the Drifter, and on the other side you were pairing with the Vanguard and investigating him as kind of a double agent. But uh, yep. clearly, he he knew for the people that right. chose that route. Well, uh, as far as like uh, Enor and the Praxis, Praxic Order, uh, is is this just this is just a single uh, warlock doing this? Like it's not the they, <laughs> I core didn't send the entire Praxic Order after this after Drifter. No, did she? no, 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 no. Okay, uh, that's a little yeah. much. <laughs> no, this was a single warlock um, who is a member of the Praxic Order as well as a member of Icora's Hidden. Right. Um, right. And uh, for for those that are not familiar, the Praxic Order is an organization of warlocks uh, that's in the last city that have the sole purpose of keeping artifacts related to darkness um, away from guardians. Uh, and they're they're definitely not as um, not as as black and white about it as Shin Malfer is at least during this point in time. Uh, but you know, they're still, they're still hardliners as, as Drifter puts it. Like they are very rough and gruff people. They, uh, they do not want guardians using darkness at this time. Okay. And they still don't. Okay. Right. Like even Zavala has reservations about, Using darkness. Yeah, and and Anor herself uh, shows up in current lore um, from even, like, last season, uh, talking about, you know, how she thinks using stasis is affecting Guardians uh, mentally. Oh, uh, right, right. And, and kind of her thoughts on that. So she's still a character that's around, um, but this is the, the one interaction... This quest chain was the one interaction she had with Drifter specifically. Gotcha. Okay. Bye. So with that, uh, I think this is going to be a good spot to wrap up our okay. our second episode of of the Drifter. Okay. Well, we definitely still have more. Yes, we absolutely have more. Um, so there will be a third part. I, from the information I'm looking at, I, it should only be a third part. Our next one should be the the conclusion to this uh, this series, and then we'll oh, we'll move on to another. Yeah, then we, then we can do some crazy shit like nine or Shin Malf or yeah, or Jaren Ward and and I mean literally Drift Drifters had his finger in all of this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, um, we don't have any shout outs, uh, for this episode particularly, uh, because at the time of releasing this episode, I will be in Hawaii. Uh, we're, we pre-recorded this one so that way it could be, we, we could keep, keep the content coming because mm-hmm. we know how much everyone loves, uh, our podcast and, uh, especially listening to our podcast over work 
and I, <laughs> I I don't I don't highly recommend it, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, well, uh, Myth, you got uh, you got anything you want to add to anything? Um, no, just the normal plug and say even though we don't have any shout outs tonight, just because we literally uh, just did the the last episode as far as recording uh yeah if you um like what you hear and you want to help us out give us a a rating on your platform of choice be that audible or apple or spotify uh all of that helps other people see us uh if you want to reach out uh, let us know what you think or a question about a particularly interesting piece of lore or something. You can reach us at, at our Twitter, which is at myths and stories Z instead of an S on stories. Um, and uh, we, we watch that there and, and respond to things as we can. Uh, actually, one thing I do want to mention is that there was somebody uh, that made a suggestion on our Twitter uh that was along the lines of like uh have big discussion threads of episodes on the twitter and then maybe shout out some of the the good or relevant comments uh from those threads like this yeah Yeah, it's some interaction yeah definitely not a bad idea the the only issue i see with it at the moment is just we don't have a lot of people to have those discussions on twitter (laughs) at the moment uh so i don't know that it would it's very very small crowd it's it's a it's a very it's a very niche community which is cool that's perfectly fine but uh you know we're not going to get like reddit or youtube levels of comment discussions kind of things um and uh i don't know that we could handle that i I couldn't (laughs) And, and and also unfortunately the the reality of it is is that uh it's not a possibility for um for me at least to be on Twitter terribly often on a daily basis to try and like curate or, or keep those discussions going just because, you know, standard nine to five and other life stuff and, and whatnot. Uh, Hashtag let's get sponsored. Hashtag let's get our own moderator. (laughs) (laughs) Someday, maybe, but uh, when we make it big, right? Yeah. Right. When we're, when we're sipping tea and wine with, uh, with with Bife and and Mylan, w- that may be a possibility. Yeah. But as of as of as of today, <laughs> not not so realistic. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, I, I love the idea. Uh, we just gotta we we gotta get to that point though first. Yeah, um, absolutely. But yeah, so thank you for that though. Thank you for for you know those kinds of ideas and and hey, I think this would be cool. Like, all oh, that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh well, uh I guess that's it uh for tonight then. Uh any Oh, you know what I haven't done in a while, miss? What's that? I haven't given out a thank you. Like like a personalized thank you in a while. Oh, well there you go. What, what do you want to do? I think I think I need to give one. Um well, let's see. I got a lot to choose from in these last two episodes. Shit. Uh Well, I I I guess I'll I get I can't just thank Drifter outright like that just seems silly. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I guess I'll give him a thank you for letting us talk about him. But um, no, you know what? You know what? I think I am gonna thank 
Uh, no, screw it. I'm thinking Drifter. He he wins. He, yeah. Without Drifter, go. we wouldn't have Malfeasance. Uh, so thanks, Drifter. Thanks for oh, Malfeasance. Yeah, that's that's a pretty hard one to to compete against. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Now, if we could just get a catalyst for it, that's all I want. Yeah. Give give me give me like plus twenty range or something. That's cool. I'm I'm cool with that. I do I do love that we have Unstoppable added to it. Gives me another reason to use it. Absolutely. Yeah. All righty. Uh, uh, anything else, man? No, that's it. All righty. Well, then, from all of us lore nerds to all of you guardians out there, we'll see you next week. <laughs>